from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hanging out here with you on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, having some fun here this morning. Papa Joe is with us for an expanded amount of time, which is awesome. Always good to have PJ on the broadcast and always appreciate spending time with Papa Joe. So a big thanks and a big ups to PJ for being a part of the show. Speaking with us on Jalen Ramsey's trade, as well as the Jaguars, where they currently stand right now. The two undefeated teams in the NFL being the current Patriot quarterback and the former Patriot quarterback, Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo, now of the San Francisco 49ers. Kind of ironic and funny and a cool story there. 29 schools with one loss or less in Division 1A college football in the FBS. If the college football playoff happened today, who would we choose? And obviously making our week eight picks. So we had so much on on the on the line with Papa Joe today. So I can't thank him enough for spending some extra time with us and, and providing some awesome college football conversation. With that being said, continuing the conversation of college football inside of the Charney's Men's Wear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. It is now time to continue what's popping, Mon Paz Kettle, Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory. What's popping is what they bring us every single show. And what's popping is a list of topics for the day from the top all the way through the bottom of the show. Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory telling you what's going on, what's popping every single broadcast, a wake up call. It's now time to hear from the coaches of the American Athletic Conference. I had the opportunity to have QAs with the coaches throughout the conference this week. And I'm very excited to say that they are now proudly joining the broadcast. And with that being said, we're going to get started with my conversation with UConn and Randy Etzel. So my one-on-one conversation with Randy Etzel this week, courtesy of the Coaches Teleconference. And thank you to the American for that. It is now here for you. Week 8 with UConn and Randy Etzel coming up right now. Defense has has been a struggle this season for your team. Just what you can say about you know going through these first few weeks, and um, if you're seeing any improvements, if there's anything maybe you're trying to change up with the staff and practice. Just what you can say defensively as you move forward. Well, you know that that's the the you know ironic thing is that you know when you take a look at things, it's not like we're busting. It's not like we're you know busting coverages and things along those lines. We're just not, we're not fitting things up. Like, we had 22 missed tackles for 220 yards, extra yards last week. So we have guys in position, and, you know, we just got to, we got to make plays. And, you know, that's one thing that we're not doing is we're, those guys in positions, but we're just not able to make plays. There's a couple plays that one touchdown that Tulane had, they put the ball in the right spot. Uh, had a great throw and catch, and you weren't going to defend that. You know, that happens. You know, they get, it's like we used to say when we're in the pro in the NFL, is that, you know, the other team gets paid too, you know. So there's going to be some plays you can't make, but we're just not making a lot of plays, and sometimes we're hurting ourselves because we're not real good with our with our eye discipline and we're not uh, tuned in 
to uh, certain situations. And once we get that cleaned up, then then we'll be then we'll be a lot better. And you know, we're still playing. I mean, I looked out there Saturday uh, a couple times and then watching the film. I mean, we we just have freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and sophomores out there playing. So. Uh, you know, it's part of the process. No, we're not going to change anything with what we do in practice. Um, you know, I think that uh, we know what it takes to, to win and how to do things. And, you know, we're not going to all of a sudden go live on practice. You know, we thud in practice. We don't take people to the ground. But, you know, the last thing I want to do is get guys injured during the week in practice. But we, we try to practice as, as physical as we can and do the things we need to do in order to get better. And we just got to, we just got to keep working at it. We got to keep working at drilling the fundamentals and the techniques and, and getting guys to understand that uh, when you tackle, you got to run through people and, and wrap them up. And then on the uh, offensive side of it, just what you can say about uh, your quarterback, Mike, just what he's done up to this point, you know, maybe what you've seen him do in these last few games. I know obviously against Wagner, USF, and Tulane, he's gotten some time. Just, just what he's done offensively from your opinion. Well, you know, again, he, he's done some good things, but we have some inconsistencies, um, you know, at that position, just like other positions, just not the quarterback. You know, it uh, takes 11 to play play the game, but, uh, you know, that's the guy that always gets scrutinized a little bit more. Uh, but, again, he's just got to continue to develop and continue to just, you know, take what the defense gives you and – and uh, do the things that uh, we require that position in terms of the plays that we're calling. That coming once again from Randy Etzel of the UConn Huskies. Uh, Randy Etzel and his team uh, currently right now, they're playing their last season inside of the American Athletic Conference July 1st of 2020. They will officially become an independent football school and they'll join the ranks of the independents. So UConn will be an independent with teams like, obviously, Notre Dame, uh, Liberty, Army, BYU, UMass, and New Mexico State, they will they will now be on. They'll now be after this season. They will be an independent school. They will not have a conference as they decided to join the new Big East. And when the old Big East folded, the American was born out of those flames, and so the new Big East does not have a football conference. So UConn will be independent. The game game that's coming up this week for UConn, they will have an opportunity to face off against Houston. Houston's obviously done some good things, but they're also, you know, kind of sitting some players out, maybe in, in, you know, in anticipation for next season, kind of building things up. Uh, Houston has played tough, but they also look like they're kind of packing it in, potentially. You know, there's been that conversation of what they're doing, you know, are they just looking to next year? So, Houston at UConn will be going on at ESPNU at noon Eastern time this Saturday, October 19th. Uh, Houston is currently 2-4. and four. UConn is 1-5. and five. Houston is 0-2 in the conference. UConn is 0-3. So after this game, one of these teams will have a win inside of the American Athletic Conference. So somebody's going <clears> to <throat> have a conference win after everything shakes out with this. Up next on the broadcast is Philip Montgomery of Tulsa, and I proudly bring you uh, that conversation with him coming up here uh, once again. Uh, Philip Montgomery of Philip Montgomery of Tulsa joining us here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to give his thoughts in Week Eight of the season. So here is Philip Montgomery as we get set 
uh, on this on this broadcast coming out of week seven and going into week eight of college football. Tulsa has their game on the road at Cincinnati that Papa Joe and I spoke about. And here is my conversation with Philip Montgomery. I know that uh, you talk about, uh, obviously, yeah, a victory is a victory and no moral victories, but your team has, has hung with teams this season and, and obviously in the SMU game uh, in three overtimes. Just what you're seeing from the team, and, and even though some of these haven't gone your way at the end of it all, just you know what improvements you're seeing and what positives you're taking as you move forward. Yeah, I, th- I think... Uh... You know, obviously, I, I feel like we've got a really good football team. Uh, the tough thing has been our schedule, and, and uh, it's been it's been a brutal type schedule. But we knew that going in. Uh, I think our team has gotten better every week. You know, last week, uh, you know, facing Navy, you got to change your your whole defensive philosophy, basically, and and uh, which is always difficult to do in three days. But uh, we've got to continue to keep growing. I think we've got great leadership on our football team, and and uh, we're continuing to make progress. So uh, I've been pleased with that part of it. Our guys are fighting, they're grinding, and uh, we've got to continue that process. And then as far as uh, your quarterback, what you can say about Zach Smith at this point, I mean, 10 touchdowns to four interceptions, uh, over 1,600 yards. Uh, I know I'm sure you want the completion percentage to maybe be a little bit higher, but just what you've taken away from his play up to this point. Yeah, I think he's gotten better every week. I mean, I think he's a great competitor. He's got, uh, uh, um, great leadership qualities about him. He, he he stays calm in games. He's got a great arm. Um, you know, we've got a lot of young guys around him right now. We're young up front and, and, and young at receiver, and those guys are growing and getting better every, every week. And so, um, he's a guy that, that I think can do it all and uh, does a great job of leading our football team and has gotten, like I said, gotten better every week. That coming once again from Philip Montgomery of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, giving his thoughts on his team this week as they head in to week number eight and talking about Zach Brown and obviously SMU, who's undefeated at 6-0. and They pushed them to three overtimes, the farthest that SMU has been pushed this season by far in a game. So Tulsa is at Cincinnati. They got another chance against a top 25 team to push them, but try and get on the other side of it and get the victory Saturday, October 19th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time in Ohio. We'll see that on ESPNU. Next game, our next team, the next play, the next coach that we have up here representing a team inside of the American Athletic Conference is Mike Houston of East Carolina. Mike Houston and I had an opportunity to speak with one another here inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. We had an opportunity to talk about the season. He's in his first season at East Carolina, and East Carolina is three and three. They've made it to five hundred and they're in a position to try and move forward. They got a huge test coming up on CBS Sports Network this Saturday, October 19th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, when East Carolina, when those Pirates and Mike Houston travel to meet Josh Heupel and UCF in Orlando, Florida. And so my conversation with Mike Houston about where he's at currently in his first season with the team as well as his thoughts on the conference from finally being a coach that's coaching in the conference. This is what Mike Houston of East Carolina had to say about those things right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Your first season with the team, and, and you're at 500 right now. you got half the season to go, and you're sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Just, just what you can say about where the team is at currently and this first half of the season as you're stepping into the second half. 
Well, I think, uh, you know, to a degree, uh, I go back to, you know, some of my comments I made just a few minutes ago. Um, I've been really, really pleased with the players' attitudes. Um, I think they're very motivated to get everything fixed here. And so I think, you know, sitting at three and three mid-season, um, you know, we're excited to have three wins already. Uh, we're disappointed not to have four, uh, or more. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about where we are. Um, I think, you know, where, where is the focus and the mindset of the players, you know, as we start into the second half of the season? Uh, you know, we keep talking about our, our entire focus is on getting win number four. Um, because, you know, until you get win number four, you can't do anything else. And so, uh, you know, every single day we're going to show up and we're going to work very hard to get better, to improve. Uh, and every game out, we're going to go out there to compete. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, when we go out uh, with that kind of mindset and we're very, very aggressive, good things are going to happen. So, um, you know, the, the team is uh, highly motivated going into the second half of the season. And then uh, just overall, you know, first impressions uh, of the league with your first season in the league, seeing that there's, you know, half the league with one loss or no losses at this point, just, just what your overall impressions of the American are now that you're inside of the American. Well, I would say it's probably similar to uh, at a different level, um, you know, the conference that I came from uh, at the FCS ranks. You know, the CAA um, it was a league that was very strong top to bottom, uh, and you had so many quality teams. Um, you know, every single week, you know, you had to be geared up and loaded up and ready to go. And I think that's what I see in this week. You know, it's it's every single week you're going to face a really top-end team, uh, and there's so much depth from top to bottom. I mean, you look at, I think we got three ranked teams this week and four others receiving votes. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I've got a, a ballot in the uh, coaches' poll, and so I, I try to do a good job of staying on top of, you know, teams week to week and just, you know, you see so many of our teams that I think are as good as anybody in the country. And so I just think uh, this is a very quality league. Uh, like I said like I said earlier, you know, we're getting ready to face a program in UCF that has been, you know, kind of the, the, the cream of the crop in this league the last several years. So we're getting ready to see one of the better teams this week. Uh, but every single week we see a top top-end team. That comment from Mike Houston of East Carolina making the statement that, you know, every week they see a top-end team in the conference, knowing that this conference is good, this conference is strong, and like I had brought up with Papa Joe, you got three teams in the top 25, and arguably you could have six or seven from the American in the top 25 right now, which is pretty special and pretty amazing and, and pretty awesome, you know, and I would venture to say that you know, this conference is pretty darn good if they're sending half of their conference, you know, half of their conference getting votes to be in the nation's top 25, not the top 25. There's this top 25 of that, the top 25 that also includes the quote unquote power five. If you got six or seven teams that could be in that and three teams that are ranked in that. I mean, I think if you're a group of five, you have one team, right? Appalachian State from the Sun Belt, Boise State of the Mountain West. You got one team ranked in the top 25. That's like the group of five conferences, right? One representation, you know, one one member of your of your conference representing you. You know, some people would say, well, in the American, that's UCF. UCF isn't even ranked in the top 25 this week. SMU is, Cincinnati is, Temple is, Memphis is right there. You know, Tulane is right there, and UCF will get back in it, I'm sure. So, you know, that's where things are at right now. They don't have one 
they don't have one team that's representing the conference in the nation's top 25. They have multiple. They could end up with six, if not seven, if things continue to go well. So, and Houston's having a down year. And I think Navy could squeak in there. So there's a lot of good things that come for the American. And that's why I'm proud to cover them and to tell their story because the story needs to be told. And unfortunately, I don't think enough people are telling it. So up next, speaking of telling the story, my Q&A with UCF with Josh Heupel, the head coach of the UCF Knights is up next here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. I had an opportunity to speak with him this week heading into week eight. And I also want to make a uh, a note here once again that East Carolina, who you just heard from Mike Houston, is facing off against UCF. So that is the matchup this weekend. UCF at home against East Carolina, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday, October 19th on the CBS Sports Network. And that is going to be one of the uh, big games coming up here. I think that East Carolina has a shot because East Carolina has done some good things, but UCF definitely has to come out here and show themselves and display to the nation and to everybody just what they are. I think they end up with a big win in this game. I think that they can score in the 50s in this matchup. So with that being said, here is Josh Heupel of UCF. Just to look at, I know uh, there's been a couple losses, obviously, uh, within these last uh, three games. Just, Just what your takeaways have been for maybe the team's resolve, their response, to it you know UCF these last few years has not lost many games at all so how has the team responded to these these couple losses at this point in the season yeah, and obviously they hurt when they happen uh, but, but uh, our team's highly competitive and resilient and, and uh, um, you know because of that they've had a great attitude inside the building and continuing to work out on the grass and, uh, I expect us to, to continue to improve and, and uh, play really good football here down, down the stretch you know our, our kids understand football and they understand we've done some things that uh, have hurt ourselves in those games uh things that uh, that you can't do and and um, um you know if we fix those things got a chance to be a pretty good football team here down the stretch the conference i know for you you've only been in it in a short while but just what your takeaways have been from this conference and you know even in the east division itself just how teams have evolved and grown and, and just the the challenges that the american brings every week yeah, I mean, I, I thought this before I got into the league. I've said it since I, I've been in and, and been competing in it. Uh, this league is filled with uh, with really good football players and uh, um, across the board, both divisions. Um, it's got great coaching in it as well. And, and uh, you know, I, you look at this league and how it's performed in out-of-conference games and uh, just look at the totality of, of the work um, in both divisions. Um, you know, it's... It's just good football, and, uh, um, you know, uh, this year's a, a great indication of that. You look at uh, the undefeated teams, the teams with, you know, one loss, um, there's a lot of really good football being played inside of this league. Once again, uh, Josh Heupel of UCF speaking with me here this week as we head into their Week 8 matchup, which will be a nighttime matchup in at home in Orlando against visiting East Carolina. Coming up next on the broadcast with me here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, you are watching on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT, and you are listening on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Find us on Twitter at CallDT, that's C-A-L-L-D-T, on Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT, and on Facebook at WakeUpCallDT. Appreciate you being here, hanging out with us this morning. 
Coming up next, like I said, we have a conversation that will be coming from the Navy head coach. One of my favorite names in the entire world, not just in the world of sports, is Ken Niamatololo and somebody who I respect as well and have respected over the years. Navy will be home against South Florida at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time this Saturday, October 19th on the CBS Sports Network, South Florida at Navy. And so this game is obviously huge for both teams. South Florida's, South Florida's trying to, you know, get something going here. They're three and three. They won against Connecticut and BYU. They're on a two-game winning streak, and they've won three of their last four. Navy, on the other end of things, is currently four and one, two and one in the conference. They only lost to Memphis. They've defeated Air Force and Tulsa, also East Carolina and Holy Cross. So it's big for Navy to get back on the right side of things, as they had two seasons that were not, you know, in the best when everything shook out, wins and loss-wise over the past couple of years. If you go and look at Navy, and I spoke with Coach Kenny Amatololo about this going into the season, but in 2017 they finished the season seven and six. They did make it to a bowl game, and they absolutely thwarted. They just took down Virginia, and they won that game 49 to seven in the Military Bowl. Uh, defeated Virginia went seven and six so they did end the season well and then last season they were three and ten so looking to bounce back this year they've already won more games than they than they won all of last year three and ten last year four and one this year and they want to keep it rolling here with South Florida coming into town and with that being said I have Ken Niamatololo on the broadcast here with me to give his thoughts on the current state of Navy football. So without further ado, let's continue the conversations with the American Athletic. Next up, Kenny Amatololo of the Navy Midshipmen. I mean, I know you spoke about Malcolm Perry a little bit here in the intro, but just what you could say about the maturation process of him and just, you know, what he's been since the day he walked into Navy to what he's grown to leadership-wise at this point. Well, he's always been a great athlete. Athlete, He's always has been as good a runner and as dynamic as a runner that we've had here at the Naval Academy, uh, you know, early on in this career, you know, big runs that he's had and people as a, as a slot back in, in several early games. But then, the, you know, we moved him to quarterback last year and he was, you know, kind of finding his way through that. But I just think this year, as you said, the maturation process from, uh, you know, knowing in January that he was going to be the starter taking some leadership role and some pride and, you know, being the man that everybody looks to. And I've seen it on the sideline. I've seen it in the Air Force game, you know, with him uh, making adjustments. Coach Jasper, his uh, his composure, um, he's making great decisions. And he continues, you know, there's still things he has to clean up on, and that's the great thing. As good as he's playing, he'll be the first one to tell you that, he can get better, but I think his leadership has been really contagious to the team, very selfless. Um, you know, he talked about after the game that it's the worst game he played, could have played a lot better, and I didn't realize that he rushed for over 200 yards. You know, just um, never wants the spotlight on himself, always thinking of others. And to be a great leader, you have to serve first, and he's he's been awesome. He's He's matured in so many ways, and right now he's given us a chance to, you know, to be successful. 
And then on the defensive side of it, just what you could say about the defensive improvements this season under Brian Newberry. I know you've held teams at times to 17, 10, and, and 7 this season. Just what you could say about the improvements of the defense under under Brian. And actually, you know, against the Memphis game, I mean, we gave up a kickoff return, and the other one we get the the defense had short fields. You know, I mean, in the first half, uh, we 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 held Memphis, and so I think they've been playing well the whole year. Uh, Coach Newberry is doing an unbelievable job with their defense, but it also be the first one to tell you that you know we can improve, and we got a lot of room for improvement. Um, but I love, you know, the things we're doing schematically. I love the way we're playing. We're we're playing really hard on defense. Um, we're stopping the run. You know, I mean, so we're a team that I feel like we're um, you know, getting to know his system better. The guys, our players, have embraced it. They totally believe in it. They totally believe what we're doing on our, doing on defense. And so I'm excited. I'm excited where we're at. But we've only played five games. We got a long ways to go. And and that's our approach right now, just to, to keep pressing forward. That coming once again from the head coach of the Navy midshipmen, Ken Niamatololo. They had their game once again against South Florida. Did not have an opportunity to, to speak with, uh, did not speak with uh, Charlie Strong this week of USF, but he's consistently been on the show. And, and like I said, to talk about where they're at currently right now, uh, they lost their first two games uh, against Wisconsin. They lost 49 to nothing to start the season. Lost a close one at Georgia Tech, 14 to 10. Defeated South Carolina State, 55 to 16. Lost to SMU, 48 to 21. And they're on a two-game winning streak at UConn, 48 to 22. And BYU non-conference opponents, uh, independent team, 27-23. They win that game. So currently on a two-game winning streak, and like I said, winning three of their last four. South Florida is and Jordan McLeod taking over at quarterback and not having to do too much. They've relied on running the ball. Jordan Cronkright of South Florida, 158 yards against BYU, 6.1 yards per carry, two rushing touchdowns, 26 carries for 158 yards. Trevin, Trevin, uh, Trevon Sands had 10 carries for 63 yards, 6.3 yards a carry as a team. They averaged 5.5 yards per carry against BYU and 243 yards to only 72 passing yards in a game that they won 27-23. Up next on the docket is Mike Norvell of Memphis. Had an opportunity to speak with Mike Norvell and and always uh, appreciate his time and have uh, a tremendous amount of respect for Mike Norvell of the Memphis Tigers as I do for coaches throughout the American Athletic Conference. Mike Norvell went into Temple and lost that game in a very close game in a questionable was it a catch, was it not a catch, which obviously uh, went on. And I want to let you know because I did receive this today. Uh, I received the the final tallies on my poll that I put out over the weekend. I said, did Memphis come down with a catch or was it an incompletion at Temple? 69% of you said it was a catch. 31% of you said incompletion. So the majority of you stating almost 70% saying that it indeed was a catch in that game. Nevertheless, that not being a catch ended Memphis's undefeated season. So Memphis is currently in a place right now where they are 5-1, and one. The Memphis Tigers 5-1 and one so far, and they will face off against Tulane in a big-time game. Tulane is 5-1, and one, Memphis is 5-1, and one, 
Memphis is 1-1 one one in the conference, Tulane's 2-0. and oh. If Tulane wins, they're 3-0. and oh. If Memphis wins, then both teams are 2-1, and one, and Memphis jumps from 4 all the way up to the top of the heap of the American Athletic West because if they're both 2-1, and one, they have the tiebreaker over Tulane, and they'll automatically jump, and then overall they'll have another win over them. So big, big, big implications for Tulane and Memphis in this matchup that'll be happening at home in Memphis, Tennessee, October 19th on ESPN2, this coming Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So without further ado, let's bring him on to the broadcast, and that is Mike Norvell of the Memphis Tigers. Obviously, I know you talked about the game a little bit here in the intro, but you know Temple over the last few years, seemingly no matter who their head coach is, has been able to play spoiler when a top 25 comes into town or they they go up against them. Just what you can say about what Temple's been in this conference and just what your takeaways have been from a team that, that seems to uh, never say die in these games. Well, I mean, I think when you you, you look at their program in the last few years, you know, you start back with your know, Coach Rule, and uh, that, that's my experience uh, with them. Uh, you know, it's a very tough, hard-nosed football team. Uh, you know, they've got a, a lot of explosive uh, athletes out on the perimeter, and, uh, you know, they do they do a, a great job in, in what they uh, try to do schematically and, uh, you know, really how they play. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they, did a, they did a really nice job getting off to a fast start, um, in our game, uh, and then, you know, it was a, uh, it was a, a really good American Conference matchup. I mean, it was two, I think, two of the better teams in our league. Uh, they, they made more plays there throughout to, to give themselves a chance to win. And then for your team, obviously, this is the, the first loss of the season after starting the season 5-0. and How has the team responded to that loss? And just what you could say about the bounce back, maybe the resolve of the team after now having that first loss on the schedule. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was obviously disappointing to, to come up short, but, uh, you know, I thought our guys' uh, mindset, uh, you know, was was disappointed but ready to, to get back to work. And uh, we came out and uh, we put that game to bed. You know, you know obviously saw the, the mistakes that were made and that uh, uh, contributed to, to us coming up short. And, you know, we came came back to practice last night and went to, uh, in, in an effort to, to get that get that corrected because, you know, we know we have – uh, you know, great football team coming in here this week. That uh, that we've got to get better, and we've got to play at a, at a very high level. So, uh, you know, I, I really, uh, I think the one thing that we've shown throughout this season is our, our guys are going to respond uh, regardless of situation and, and circumstance. And uh, you know, we did that even in some some tough moments there on uh, on Saturday. But uh, you know, we're we're looking forward to, to getting back to work here this week and uh, uh, trying to go put ourselves in a position to to be successful. That coming once again from the head coach of the Memphis Tigers, Mike Norvell. And we're going to jump in to the other side of the matchup with with the Tulane Green Wave and head coach Willie Fritz. Like I said, both teams are 5-1 and one overall. Tulane is 2-0, and oh, and Memphis is 1-1 one and one in the American Athletic. If Memphis is to win, they're both two and one. Memphis jumps Tulane. If Tulane wins, they create more separation. Memphis goes a one and two. Tulane goes a three and zero. Oh. And, and either team, whoever wins this game, is bowl eligible. Whoever wins this game is bowl eligible with five weeks left in the season. That's important to say as well. So whoever wins between Tulane and Memphis this weekend is bowl eligible already with six wins. So huge. Very, very excited. 
I think it's I think it's amazing what these teams are doing. I think Mike Norvell has, has continued the success that came after Justin Fuente. Justin Fuente was tremendous at Memphis. Mike Norvell has been tremendous fighting for, you know, back-to-back opportunities at the American Athletic Football Championship. And then, obviously, with Tulane, Willie Fritz, I heard when he came into the conference, the coaches were saying that they respected him because he's had success everywhere that he has been. And Tulane has taken some time. Last season, they won a bowl game. We're 7-6. and six. This season, they're two wins away from already having seven wins in the regular season. So Memphis has been perennially stepping up, and Tulane is stepping up here in the here and now and growing and blossoming, which I think is absolutely awesome and and very, very exciting for the American Athletic Conference and for both of these institutions. So once again, the game between Memphis and Tulane will be on ESPN2 primetime, 7 p.m. Eastern time this Saturday, October 19th, Tulane at Memphis. And so we, you heard from one side of the conversation. Now it's time to hear from Willie Fritz of the Tulane Green Wave after hearing from Memphis's Mike Norvell. So here is Willie Fritz giving his thoughts on his team as they step into week number eight of college football. With your team where you're at right now, one of those and a half of the conference right now in the American is it has one loss or, or no losses at this point. Your team is one of those teams at five and one. Just what you can say about where Tulane is right now. I know you've been working and kind of pounding the pavement since the moment you got there, and, and just what you can say about where the where this program is at at this point. Well, we still got a long way to go, but you know we've uh, taken steps forward and you know in the right direction. We're, we're we love playing in this league. It's a very very competitive league. I, you know, I heard Josh at the end of his uh, interview talking about how well coached it is, which. I'm 100% agreement. I, I think there's a lot of really good football players in, in this league. And one of the reasons why we've improved is we've got we're doing a good job recruiting and, and getting some better guys in here. I think my coaches, strength staff, and everybody involved with the programs did a good job developing these guys too and getting them to become bigger, faster, stronger, quicker, better football players. And, and uh, you know, we've got a lot of season left. We, you know, you look at the schedule. We've got a lot of tough ball games. And, and it, you know, it starts right now with, with going up there and playing Memphis. I got a lot of respect for Mike and what he's accomplished there. He's, you know, they've been you know one of one of the top teams in the conference, not the top team over the last you know four or five years. And, and uh, he's got another great ball club. And then uh, you know, for you as a whole, since you came into Tulane and and just what you've been able to do while you've been there. I mean, this is a team. That uh, in your in your first season had four wins and then to five and then you're able to get to a bowl game uh, last year you know were or part and, and that was obviously last season part of me on that so on 2018 got to a bowl game now you're one game away from becoming bowl eligible just what you can say about maybe which what type of plan you had coming in and, and and if that plan you feel has been implemented and is getting to that point to go from four wins to five to a bowl team and now being in a situation where you win one more game and you're going back to a bowl this year, just kind of where things are at overall? Well, we're, you know, we're, we're moving in the right direction, no question about that. But we got a lot of goals uh, that we want to accomplish here. Certainly going 7-6 and six and winning a bowl game is not one. Uh, you know, we, we want to be a consistent winner. Tulane has not done that very often in the 126-year history of the program. So, we, we, we've got a lot more to accomplish. We're, you know, we, our kids know that. Our coaching staff knows that. And you just got to always be on point in this league, or 
you're going to get embarrassed. You'll get embarrassed quickly. That coming from Willie Fritz saying, uh, it, you know, you got to get yourself ready in this league. If, if you're not ready, you're not ready to go, you're not at it, you're not with it, you will get embarrassed and embarrassed quickly. Some big-time words from Willie Fritz of the Tulane Green Wave as they get set. Now, they have a big-time matchup. Like I said, Memphis is coming off of a questionable call and a loss to Temple on the road. Now they're playing against Tulane. Temple has one loss. Memphis has one loss. Tulane has one loss. Big, huge games. And guess what? Temple has one loss, and they're going up against a team that has no losses in the American Athletic Conference. The only undefeated team is SMU, who is 6-0, winning their non-conference as well as their conference games. So far, 6-0, we're talking about SMU. SMU will be home. Temple will be visiting. And the first of these two coaches is going to be Rod Carey of the Temple Owls to give you his thoughts on this season so far. So with that being said, I'm going to bring him into the broadcast here right now, and that is my Q&A with Temple's head coach, Rod Carey. So Rod Carey up here first, and then we'll get over to Sonny Dykes right here where sports meets life. As far as you know, being in your first season with Temple and, and two wins over the top 25 ranked teams up to this point in the first half of the season, just what your takeaways have been about how quickly this team kind of bought into your message and how that's, you know, obviously showing itself on the field. Uh, I probably haven't quantified that yet because we're in the middle of the season. Um, and I'm not trying to get out of answering the question, but I really haven't thought about that. I, you know, every day there's a schedule to keep and every day, um, you know, like by three thirty, we got to, you know, we want to have this section of the run game done or this section of the pass game done or this done. So, I, you know, the message has been consistent. The guys, we have great leadership on the team, and they're carrying out that message, and the guys on the team are buying in. So I haven't sat back and thought about how good it's been because every time I turn on the film, it's a good opponent we're playing. And to kind of go off of that, just your thoughts on the conference from now being inside of the conference through the first half of the season from – the teams you faced in the AAC and just maybe taking a look around the conference, what you can say from the inside now of, of maybe describing what the American is. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'll know a lot more at the end of the season, obviously, but now having crossover films and going into a third conference game, it's a really good conference. There's some explosive players in it. Um, there are some big physical players in it. And I, I think that uh, every week, you know, I mean, I think you just look at the records of the conference. We have a lot of people 500 or above. So um, that speaks to itself because everyone's played a non-conference, right? So it means they're winning non-conference games. Uh, so it, it, it's a really top-level conference. I've been really impressed so far. A really top-level conference. I've really been impressed so far. Words coming from Rod Carey in his first season inside of the American Athletic Conference impressed by the conference, impressed by the talent of the conference. And speaking of the talent of the conference, let's get into the other side of this matchup. Speaking of the talent of it, it's the only undefeated team. And no, it is not UCF this year. It is in the West Division, and their name is SMU, the Mustangs. First time they're 6-0 since 1982, 37 years ago. This team went through the death penalty of football and never seemingly was able to recover 
And now they're 6-0 and in Sonny Dykes' second season. They'll be on ESPN2 at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. They provide a doubleheader this Saturday, October 19th, on ESPN2 for the American Athletic. Temple at SMU, Tulane at Memphis. Like I said, huge. These four teams... Each of these teams, Temple, one loss, Tulane, one loss, Memphis, one loss, SMU, undefeated. Huge implications here. Every single one of these teams is in the West Division, except for Temple is in the East. Huge, huge, huge doubleheader at 3.30 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2. Temple at SMU first, Tulane at Memphis to follow on ESPN2. So, with that being said, let's get into my one-on-one conversation with the head coach of the SMU Mustangs, and that is Sonny Dykes in his second season with the team, finding success already early on with a 6-0 and start to the season. I mean, obviously looking at where this program is at, I know you're early on in your coaching tenure at SMU, 6-0 and start for the first time in over 35 years just what that feels like for you from your seat and just what you can say about the fan base? Well, I mean, it's, I've been encouraged. You know, I think that, um, you know, when you take a job, there's a lot of moving parts and you have to get everybody aligned. And I think that's been the most impressive thing about being at SMU is just the fact that, you know, that there's a, there's great alignment from our president to our athletic director. Everybody has a vision for what they, what they want to do and how they want to do it. And, and that gives you a chance when you have that. I mean, it's really hard to win in college football. Uh, and you have to have everybody on the same page and, and pull in the same way. And uh, the great thing is we have that here, and, and that gives us an opportunity when, when you have that. And, and not every program is that way. Um, as a matter of fact, most aren't. And so uh, I'm really fortunate to be here at a, at a great university and a great city. And, you know, I love our players. You know, the guys have done a great job of buying into what we've asked them to do. Um, you know, every time we, we ask them to do something, they've done it, and, and they've done it to, to the best of their ability. So it's been it's been fun so far. I think you said it. We're just, you know, it's early in the season, and, and we're getting ready to hit the meat of our schedule, and we know that. Uh, this, this conference is really strong from top to bottom. You better play well every single week or you're going to get beat. And, and um, so we're not looking ahead to anything. You know, we're just trying to, to get better every day and, and make sure that we prepare for, for Temple. But, you know, we're, we're excited. I think our fan base is excited and energized, and I think they see the potential, you know, for this program, you know, not only this year but moving forward. And you've had an offense uh, this season so far that's scored over 40 points in five of your games, 37 in the other. Just what you can say about the, the depth of, of your skill players as well as your quarterback, just what this offense has been able to put forward this season so far. Well, I think I think the big thing is we've been fairly consistent. Um, you know, we've we've you know gotten off to pretty good starts. Uh, you know, with the exception of the the Tulsa game, but um, but you know we've come out pretty fast and, and we've had some some success early. And um, you know, I think that that we're you know playing with a lot of confidence. I, I think our players feel like that. You know they like our scheme and they and they're they're comfortable with it and and you know our quarterback play has been very solid and we've got some big play wide receivers and you know our running back is playing really well and and uh, you know our offensive line has has progressed I think probably better than we than we anticipated and so you know all those things are kind of fitting together and and uh, it's been good to see we can certainly play a lot better than we have and that's the good thing is I don't think we've walked off the field. You know, any, at any point this year, and said, "Wow, you know, we played great. We played great." I think we've all, you know, I think collectively, coaches, players, everybody, 
has said, yeah, you know, we did some good things, but we can certainly certainly do things a lot better than we have. And and so, you know, I like the group. It's a competitive group. Uh, they want to they want to be good. They you know they they listen. They like each other, and and um, you know they enjoy playing together. Uh, coming once again from Sonny Dykes of SMU in his second season with the team. <clears throat> you heard today Q&A is with SMU as well as UCF's Josh Heupel, UConn's Randy Etzel, Memphis's Mike Norvell, Temple, and Rod Carey, Navy's Kenny Amatololo, East Carolina's Mike Houston, Tulsa's Philip Montgomery, and Tulane's Willie Fritz here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora for week eight of the 2019 college football regular season and and obviously like I said South Florida Charlie Strong has been on the show plenty of times uh, as well as Dana Holgerson of Houston and Cincinnati's Luke Fickle so look forward to having them on here in the future and we look forward to continuing to speak with the American Athletic Conference coaches that you heard from today so with that being said the entire conference is at play this week once again Houston at UConn at noon Eastern time Saturday October 19th is when all the games are being played ESPNU our Temple at SMU, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2. Tulsa at Cincinnati, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPNU. South Florida at Navy, 3.30 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. East Carolina at UCF, 7 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. And Tulane at Memphis, 7 p.m. on ESPN2. For these schools in the rankings, once again, Cincinnati ranked in the top 25, as well as Temple and SMU also receiving votes are Tulane and Memphis, and there's obviously uh, in receiving votes uh, UCF received votes to get in here as well. So uh, big ups to all the schools that are working to be a part of this, and the schools that are in the top 25 hanging in there, and the teams that will inevitably squeak in there. Navy might find its way in there as well this season when they're currently four and one.